Good day, Savannah. I'm Adam Van Bremer, and this is the Commute Podcast from savannahnow.com. On this episode, the 200 Club of the Coastal Empire is a local organization we often hear about following a tragedy, an in-the-line-of-duty death of a first responder, such as a policeman, firefighter, paramedic. The 200 Club exists to assist the families left behind, be it paying debts or putting surviving children through college. It's truly inspirational work. The 200 Club's leader, Mark Dana, is today's guest. Today is Tuesday, February the 8th, and this is the Commute Podcast presented by National Office Systems. Today's guest is Mark Dana with the 200 Club, which will celebrate heroes of the police, fire, and EMS community this week with the annual Valor Awards. Mark tells us about this year's honorees and fills us in on the future plans for the 200 Club. That's coming up right after I plug the Commute's presenting sponsor, National Office Systems. I'm in the office today, and that means I'm looking at National Office Systems products or at least the mess I've piled up on top of them. I need to at least push those crumbs into the trash can. Anyway, National Office Systems is home to Savannah's experts in office design and outfitting. They work with top quality suppliers, such as Dirt Modular Interiors and Herman Miller Office Furniture to create comfortable and productive workspaces. Learn more by visiting www.natoffsys.com. That's www.natoffsys.com. Now, here's the discussion with the 200 Club's Mark Dana. So it's early February on the commute, and as we do every year, we're pleased to be joined by Mark Dana with the 200 Club of the Coastal Empire. This is the time of the year when the 200 Club does their Valor Awards, and it it honors first responders who have done heroic deeds in the last year. Right, Mark? That's right. I mean, we have two terrific examples this year of heroism, you know, at its finest, a police officer with the Savannah Police Department and a a fire engineer with the Savannah Fire Department. Right. Tell us who they are and what they did. Certainly. The Fire Services uh, Award is going to fire engineer Jeremy Kemp. Uh, Jeremy, uh, last year, uh, there was a situation in where there was a uh, someone who was basically wanting to end their life mm-hmm. and um, decided to do it by setting their home on fire. Mm-hmm. And this makes it particularly dangerous because... Uh, when you typically, when you go in to rescue someone, uh, they want to be rescued. Right. And uh, so uh, fire engineer Kemp entered the fully involved structure fire into the home. Mm-hmm. And and I'm sure uh, most everybody knows that, you know, when you have a, a fire in your backyard and you have a bunch of logs stacked up mm-hmm. and the fire is going on and all of a sudden the log cl- logs collapse, that's right. um, the same, it's the same, same thing, thing that happens with, with anything uh, at home. A building and so you always run that risk when you enter that it's at that point where the structural integrity of the building is is compromised and the building's going to fall on top of you mm-hmm. we saw that in a very terrible way in charleston when those nine uh, firefighters were killed in that warehouse fire yeah um in this particular case uh, uh fire engineer kemp went into the to the home and located the gentleman in the uh he was sitting on his bed and he, he time was of the essence he needed to get him out of there because of smoke inhalation and uh so he had to actually sit there and, and basically be a counselor right while, while it's was going ticking. on around you yeah. and and so you're you, 
he didn't want to be, he wouldn't, didn't want to go into a combative situation with the individual because that would have just compromised both their safety. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so he instead took a little bit more time and talked to the, to the individual and gave him reasons to really think, uh, rethink about what he just did mm-hmm. and then actually comply and go out of the building. Mm-hmm. And I think what, so, so obviously going into a building to rescue someone is is heroic uh, anybody who does that and there are a lot of folks that will do it but, but particularly when it's your job right um it, it makes it dangerous every time the, that bell rings or the alarm goes off and uh but then going in, in and also being a counselor uh in the middle of fires is pretty heroic so he did it and brought the gentleman out and he survived and, mm-hmm. and uh they ended up extinguishing the ultimately extinguishing the fire so he was nominated by uh savannah fire chief derek menard and um we have a committee that meets once a year once we get the um all of the of the nominations from the 20 counties we have a committee that is made up of uh, first responder commanders chiefs sheriff and um so i'm not a part of that process Mm -hmm. um no civilian is and they go through the nominations and they make the selections. So that's how they're selected. Mm-hmm. And the second award uh, that was selected is going to uh, Savannah police officer uh, Peter Supa. Now, police officer Supa, um, everybody should know by now the terrible situation that we have in across the country with regards to police officers being shot, mm-hmm. losing their lives. I mean, this year right now, uh, to date, we're at 43 officers, police officers shot nationwide, 43. More than one a day. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and we're in the early stages of February of those 13 were killed. Now, probably the most notable, uh, because of the coverage of the funerals, was uh, the police, New York police detective Jason Rivera and detective Wilbert Moran. Moran mm-hmm. um, they, um, they went into a, a situation that is probably the most dangerous for, for law enforcement, uh, a domestic disturbance. Right. And the difference between what Peter Supa did and what these two detectives did, the results could have been the same. But the difference is these police officers went into a domestic disturbance not knowing that the individual who was causing the problems was armed. They were trying to to uh, engage the situation and uh, kind of de-escalate it. And, and then this individual came out and started shooting at him. Now, in police officer Supa's situation, he knew that the individual was armed and was shooting. Mm-hmm. And yet he went in anyway. The reason why he did what he did and felt the uh, sense of urgency is because the the individuals that were in the house being held hostage at this point were a a, a grandmother and her young granddaughter, and they were in the one of the rooms in the house. And the the individual shooting at them was still in the house, and he felt the time was of the essence because it was a matter of time where he located what room they were in and the way homes are constructed it wouldn't it wouldn't be difficult to shoot through a wall through a door and and hit somebody so he immediately uh without waiting for backup and um confronted the individual disarmed him and um made the situation safe 
And so when you realize it just because of the fact that uh, there's a lot of gunfire uh, involved, unfortunately, in domestic disturbances, I mean, it's, it's the leading cause uh, right. of officers being shot, killed, or injured. Uh, used to be traffic stops. Right. Then you um, do you realize the danger when you go in, but also knowing the fact that the person is armed and has the capacity to shoot people that he knows and, and once loved, uh, what are they going to do to you? So he yeah. um, he he took action, and, and so he's uh, being presented with that award. Right. Uh, and so it's the, typically the 200 Club of the Coastal Empire, you know, we're, we're set up to respond to post-tragedy. When a police officer or firefighter is killed in the line of duty, we go to the family, mm-hmm. uh, pay off debt, and then set up a structure where we keep in touch with them and ultimately put the family through college at no cost to them. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times when we go to respond, we have young children you know, in the room with the, with the spouse, and, and right. we're talking to the spouse about who we are, what we do, why we do it. And um, uh, the uh, children we know someday are going to go to college. Right. And... You know, I've been doing. I've been in this position um, previously as a volunteer for 12 years, mm-hmm. and so a lot of those families that I met with when I first came on as the volunteer president of the organization um, are now in college, <laughs> and um, we have six uh, family members in college. And for those uh, listening, uh, might remember uh, uh, Captain Michael McFadden, who was a Savannah uh, fire captain. He was injured and died as a result of that injury, and his daughter Emma is attending Yale right now. Oh, wow. And um, she got accepted. That was her dream to go to Yale, mm-hmm. and so she got accepted. And of course, uh, after her scholarships, there was a significant portion of her tuition that that needed to be made up. And Heather DeClue, her mom, uh, called us up, and and we. Of course, that's what our mission is, and so so now she's attending, and we do not only tuition, but we do books, mm-hmm. a computer, uh, apartment, mm-hmm. uh, utilities, everything associated with going to college. We take care of. Mm-hmm. So when they when they leave college, they don't have the debt. Right. And I think um, it's the most important thing that we can do. Right. I believe is to care for the families that way, because we know when a police officer, or a firefighter, is in the realization that they're not going to make it out of a situation and lose their life, mm-hmm. and they have a few moments to really come to grips with that. You know, there's a lot of of thought uh, and prayer to please take care of my family, mm-hmm. and so it's an honor for us and our organization and those who support us to be able to. To, to go do that and take care of the families and and so we know all the all the 28 law enforcement officers and firefighters uh, looking from above seeing what we're doing that we're fulfilling what we promised right. and uh, it, it's an honor to do it right and part of funding that is events like the Valor Awards which there are still tickets available for the event on Thursday night 536, 615 over at the Charles Morris Center. If people are interested, where do they go to, to get those tickets? Sure. Uh, 200club.org and spell that out, T-W-O, mm-hmm. 100club.org. Uh, and it tells everything you need to know about our organization. Also, if you just want to donate, if you want to buy tickets for this, if you want to volunteer for an event, uh, you can go there. And th- this event is, is really nice because it highlights – uh, and celebrates the heroic activity uh, and actions 
of our first responders from the 20 counties, mm-hmm. you know, of the 10,000 men and women in uniform that we that we cover. Mm-hmm. And and so it's an, it's a night of celebration. We have family members there mm-hmm. and uh, and give them the recognition. And uh, and so we, we look forward to doing it each year. Right. I think people have kind of gotten a little bit of a, if they're not familiar with the 200 Club, just on what we're talking about to get an idea. But can you give that that quick elevator speech on where it started? Sure. Where you are. Yeah. Um, so in 1999, a police officer by the name of, of Christopher Tack Argentinas was a police officer in Massachusetts. His father, Tack Argentinas, um, started the organization. It's Christopher was killed in the line of duty in 1999, and, and the 100 Club of Massachusetts came to Tack and said, we want to take care of Tack's family. Well, we'll uh, Tack was high up in the organization of General Electric, ran a European division. And he just told them, I'll do respect, you know, I can take care of their family. You use that money to go to another family. And they said, well, you don't have a choice. We're here. This is what we do. And we want to take care of Christopher's family. So that intrigued him. And he so he said, well, tell me everything about what you do. And they did. And so he moved his company. Uh, he started his company and uh in Midway, Georgia, Elon Technologies, and and got together a group of individuals here locally, and uh, formed the 200 Club of the Coastal Empire. Mm-hmm. Now, 200 and 100 all comes from uh, a group of 100 business uh, men and women back in the early 1900s in Detroit that came together to put money into a fund to help a fallen. A downtown beat police officer that who they all knew mm-hmm. he had a great relationship with everybody and uh, he was young and had a big family so they came together and it was a group of 100 and then mm-hmm. it became the 100 club and then and then because there are different 100 clubs in in different states there was a decision to create 200 clubs to cover other geographic areas so there wouldn't be any confusion right and in some cases there's 300 clubs right uh, it doesn't have any representation of, of how many of us there are. Right. It's just uh, it stuck with the 100 Club and then and then kind of uh, right. changed a little bit with, with regard to that. Mm-hmm. And we started the organization, or TACT did, in 2001. And to date, we've, uh, we're a little over $3.6 million in the money we've given to the, to the families we proudly and honorably serve. We not only give money to the, to the families uh, of fallen police and fire, but we also do... Uh, one-time significant one-time contributions for off-duty deaths and terminal illnesses okay and uh so we're we're anxious at this point to begin in earnest a full-time uh a process of generating more uh, membership from the 20 counties initially Mm -hmm. and uh, generate more resources from those counties so we can do more for the families um and there's we have we have uh tragic stories of individuals who are young police officers who are terminally ill with cancer have children at home and um and that would be considered an off-duty death right so we want to we want to work hard and we want to do our very best to get the funds necessary to also respond to those families just like that and so this particular family that I'm speaking about has three children. Right. We want to see those three children go to college, mm-hmm. and we're going to work hard and make it happen. As part of that, you have quit your 
day job to yeah. take on your volunteer job. Of course, I think a, a lot of people know that you were a hotel operator here in town for many, many years, several downtown hotels. Uh, talk about being president and CEO of the 200 yeah. Club as a as a career now. Yeah, it, 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 I'm very proud of what we accomplished in Savannah. We, um, you know, I, I worked hard to to build, uh, generate, and build a a I think a premier brand in the market mm-hmm. in this region uh, called Savannah Lodging. Mm-hmm. And um, recently, the senior partners made a decision to go ahead and and, and sell the the hotels, and uh, so. That occurred at the end of the year, and um, so after many, many years in the, in the hotel business, um, I am now uh, out of the operational aspect of it, mm-hmm. and uh, had an opportunity, the board approached me of the 200 Club and, and asked me if I wouldn't please consider doing this full-time. I mean, it, it was an easy decision mm-hmm. uh, because it's something I'm passionate about. It's something I've been doing for 12 years as a volunteer president. I've made a lot of contacts, not only here in the 20 counties we serve, but also statewide. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so I think the momentum has been building, and now uh, it's with it being a full-time position, uh, I re- really, really have an opportunity to uh, fulfill a lot of the action steps that are needed to be taken to do all the things we want to do. All right. And once you get that established here in coastal Georgia with those 20 counties, is there is there a longer-term grand yes. vision? Uh, we saw, and I see every year, you know, we, we go from the Florida-Georgia border up into South Carolina with Beaufort and Jasper counties. Mm-hmm. And, um, and every year, last year was one of the worst years, uh, we saw a lot of, of uh, first responders die in counties that we don't cover. Mm-hmm. And it breaks our collective hearts to see that um, they're really kind of left behind in a sense. And, uh, and typically when a, a police officer or firefighter dies, there's a lot of outpouring of support within the community, mm-hmm. you know, t-shirt sales and uh-huh. wristband sales and, and, and I, and I, it's wonderful. Um, and it really helps the family members immediately. But sometimes, you know, that, that, the next thing happens and that kind of yeah. goes into yeah, the, like to the back burner. The new cycle. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, we make sure that we maintain the relationship with the families ongoing. We send a dozen roses at Mother's Day. We pay for holiday meals. Uh, we invite them to our events like the Pooler Run for Heroes. It'll be in May, the, the Valor Awards. And the reason why we bring all the family members together is because it's important that they get introduced to each other and, and build a relationship with each other because it's that those relationships and that fellowship that allows them to to share stories and, and heal mm-hmm. a little bit. You'll never forget. You never you never completely heal, but coping with it is is something that is very important. And we've had success stories in that area. And so these counties that we don't cover, we've seen that uh, basically. I, mean, I just witnessed it. I'm, I, I we went outside of our lane, so to speak, and reached out to those that chiefs uh, in those areas and sheriffs. And um, we helped them with some paperwork, but uh, but there's a need for us to be involved. So our our hope and our and our desire and our uh, goal is to go statewide mm. with the organization. And um, but to do that, we need to to really generate uh, membership. And it's it's easy to join now. It's an annual membership uh, by going to the to the website. Um, but uh, we want to make it easier. Uh, in the future, we're re- rebuilding the the website and and the 
merchant services engine within it. Right. And so it'll be easier to, to sign up and to pay, and it'll be more of a monthly, a lower uh, cost, right. like a trip to Starbucks, but yeah. on a monthly basis. Yeah. And, um, and through critical mass, that'll help us accomplish our goals. Right. If you do that and you can kind of standardize some of the some of the processes and some of the, how much of a how much does that help not only obviously it's going to help the families but also helps the departments like you said that that maybe they don't have the the, the bandwidth to make sure everything gets done and the i's are dotted and the t's are crossed how much of that is really part of this um that's that's critical and it's a, and it's a good point um the state for instance the state uh Benefit uh, the Peace Officers Indemnification Fund of Georgia is a wonderful uh, benefit. Mm -hmm. and, however, it has a sunset mm -hmm. uh, of of 24 months, mm -hmm. and we have witnessed. We've been in contact with certain departments, and we have witnessed that sunset lapse. Mm -hmm. And we don't want that ever to happen again. I mean, yeah. we witnessed it happen once. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, we have gone outside, like I said, outside of our coverage area mm -hmm. to make contact with those departments that don't have those resources to really facilitate the, the paperwork, filling out the, the necessary forms and know how to do it. We created a how to do it guide. Mm -hmm. and, and we send them that guide, how mm -hmm. to fill out the paperwork. And we've partnered up with the GBI uh, to help and uh, 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 our former police chief to uh, introduce, uh, introduce us, uh, Chief Jack Lumpkin, for those of you who remember him from the Savannah Chatham. Yeah. Uh, we use our connections throughout the state to introduce us to police chiefs, fire chiefs, and sheriffs that don't know us. And so right. uh, we want to be able to make sure that we get the connection quickly establish a relationship, offer any services that we can have to ensure that the benefits are applied for and ultimately received. All right, all right. Well, thanks for all that you do. It's, uh, I mean, I, I hate that it. it really only is top of mind with the general public a couple of times a year, but I'm, I'm glad that when it is, we can, we can emphasize it. And uh, good luck with, with growing the brand and, and growing your footprint because that's where it'll make a big difference well, and i appreciate that and I, I i truly appreciate the opportunity to be on this platform and and um and i appreciate your support over the years as well. thanks one more time to mark dana other news of note in savannah today savannah political icon edna jackson says she will run for re-election to the georgia house after all jackson a former savannah mayor and older woman won a special election to the House last fall to fill out the remaining term of longtime Representative Mickey Stevens, who died while in office. At the time, Jackson, a Democrat, said she had no interest in the seat beyond the end of this year, but has since had a change of heart. The primary for the post, which is in an overwhelmingly Democratic district, is in May. Also, renowned Savannah florist Lester Anthony is closing his business after 50 years serving the community. Anthony started his floral design career in 1971 in a garage with $200 in his pocket. In addition to serving thousands of Savannians, also also helped design flowers for both President Ronald Reagan and President George H.W. Bush's inaugural galas, balls, and parades. All the best, Mr. Anthony. And lastly, there's the M Market Arena, which formally opened, that's right, it finally got open, on Saturday, February the 5th, and hosted its first concert a night later. 
Country music star Riley Green played that first show. The $165 million arena has a busy schedule ahead, including Savannah Chatham Public High School graduations in May. We're very glad to hear that that those were going to be down there when that was announced last week. Read those stories and more at savannahnow.com, the online home of the Savannah Morning News. Get full access to savannahnow.com and our mobile app for just $49 for the next year. Go to savannahnow.com slash subscribe now and sign up. Again, that's savannahnow.com slash subscribe now. That's all for the Tuesday Commute Podcast. Thanks again to our presenting sponsor, National Office Systems. For more interviews with local newsmakers, check out the Commute archives by searching The Commute with that Savannah opinion. The Commute returns next Tuesday. Thanks again for listening. (laughs) 